Good morning, everyone. I love that video. Uh, hey, kids, how are you guys doing in here? You guys doing good? You guys knew already, all the kids here, that baby Jesus is the same as adult Jesus, right? Yeah, you guys know. I know. That video was for your parents. Sometimes they forget. So, <laughs> good morning. My name is Andy Notice, and I'm the family pastor here. And so, uh, you, I'd like to welcome you to our family New Year's Eve service. And if you look around, you'll see a lot more little people here, which is okay. Our family started this tradition this past year uh, for Thanksgiving and also for our Christmas dinner, where, you know, usually you have a kid table. We got rid of the t kid table, and we just had one big table, and we had everyone together. And it was a little bit different for us. It was, uh, sometimes it was a little bit louder, sometimes it was a little bit more messy, but the idea of all coming together was something that benefited all of us. And so that's what we're doing here this morning. And so I just want to offer some grace. If you're a parent and you have a young child here, it's okay if they're a little bit louder. It's okay if they make a little bit of a noise. This morning in our first service, we had uh, baby Addison that was literally dancing all in front of the stage the whole service. It was amazing. Uh, and if you don't have a child, I just want to pray that you would just give some grace to the parents around you uh, and just allow them to enjoy without any fear of retribution or something like that, right? Uh, so it is 2000, oh, it's almost 2018. And we're in this wonderful gap between 2017 where uh, all the crazy festivities with Christmas and then tonight starts all the crazy festivities for New Year's Eve, and we have this gap right in the middle, this kind of limbo phase, and I love this phase, because uh, for me, it's a great time where you actually, you can look back on 2017, and you can think about all the good, the bad, and all the ugly stuff that happened there, and you get a chance to look forward to the future of 2018, all your hopes and dreams and your vision for what's to come. And I have this uh, tradition that I've done over the past few years where uh, in this limbo time, I like to give a theme or a title to my years that are coming up. And so some of the titles that I've had in the past is, um, one year it was the year of joy. And someone had prayed that over me and I was like, so that year I looked for joy everywhere that I could find it. Uh, another year it was the year of building. And so it was the idea of just God building into me, into my family. It was, it was a wonderful year. Last year was actually the year of love and delight. And that came from uh, this passage in Psalm 37 that says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every, every detail of their life. And so this year, about a month ago, I came up with the theme for this coming year, 2018. And it was great because I was in my happy place, I was in my sacred place, I was in the Holy of Holies when I got this download. I was in Starbucks. And I'm there in Starbucks, and if you're in Starbucks, you know when you get to the line just before you get to the cashier, they usually have this basket full of stuff that they're just trying to sell you, right? And so I'm looking down in this basket, I'm waiting for my turn, and I, they have these like reusable mugs. And I picked one up, and it had this graphic on the front that said Flourish, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. But also they had a sign that said, uh, if you buy a coffee and use this mug, you get 10 cents off. And I was in the States, and I was like, 10 cents American? Like, if I translate that into Bitcoin and then back to Canadian, that's like $1.50. That's like a free coffee. And so I'm looking at this mug, and I'm thinking about it, and the guy behind me notices me looking at these mugs. And it was like this big white guy. It was like a, it was like a manly man, you know? He had, like, the work boots on, and he had, like, the big bushy beard and the flannel vest. And he sees me looking at this, and he's like, yeah, you know, I was going to get that, but it's, it's not for me. And I was like oh, okay, like, this is not a manly mug, I guess, or something like that. So I, I put it down. But I start thinking about this idea of flourish, and I'm like, yeah, that actually, that means a lot to me and my family moving forward. And so I get up to the front, and the barista asks, how can I help you? And I was like, I'll, I'll take a coffee, and I'll take one of these, like, little mugs here as well, try not to make any eye contact with the manly man. And I got my coffee. I get, and I'm about to walk out of the store after, and I look back, and he's now next in line. He walks up to the counter, he picks up a mug, 
and he gets his American 10 cents off. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I got him. <laughs> and it's great because sometimes in our lives, we just need permission uh, to be vulnerable and to be honest. And so as we're uh, moving into 2018, uh, for my family and I, we think about this idea of, of flourish. And if I were to look back on the last year and a half in our lives, I would say, you know what? Sometimes it felt more like we were floundering rather than flourishing. Uh, over the past year and a half, we've had a lot of change that has happened in our family. Uh, my wife and I both changed jobs. Uh, for her, it was kind of a career change. Uh, for me, because I'm a pastor, when you change jobs, it's not just the job that changes. It's, it's kind of your family. It's your spiritual community. So that was a change that we were dealing with. Another change is we moved from Stouffville. Uh, we lived up there. We had a great community. We had like a couple pastors up there, youth pastors in my thing. It was amazing. We moved down to Ajax, uh, where there's not as many pastors, but we live really close to Pastor Dave. It was like a two for one, so we're excited about that. Also, we had this change um, for our kids. Uh, my oldest started high school this year, uh, which is a big deal for him. Uh, but also with that, my youngest now was in school by himself for the first time. And so that was a change. So we had all these things that we're dealing with as a family. And it reminded me of this quote that I had heard uh, a while back. I was at this parenting seminar, and there was a speaker who was up there, and they were talking about adoption. And they were talking about what adoption looks like from the perspective of the child. And she said this quote that always stuck with me. She said, all change starts with loss. All change starts with loss. And I was like, wow, that's, that's profound. It actually, I thought about that idea, but it actually kind of resonated with me. It put to words what I was thinking. All change starts with loss. And so as we're in this limbo time, as we're talking about the in-between of 2017 in the past and looking forward, if you were to look at your life, if you were to look at your family, the ones around you, what kind of change have you experienced over this past year? I and mean, when you think about that change, how was it handled? How was it received? Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? And if it was hard and if it was difficult, can you pinpoint that there might be some loss rooted with that change. I love the Christmas story as a great example of what it looks like for change and loss. As I'm thinking about this, I'm realizing, yeah, that makes sense. Change starts with loss. But if you actually live out that philosophy, it's pretty depressing, right? Change and loss and that's it. And it's only half of the story. And so as I'm preparing for this message and we're in this in-between time, looking back and then looking forward, I realize the other half of this is, is beautiful actually. All change starts with loss, but all change can lead to hope. All change starts with loss, but all change can lead to hope. And again, the Christmas story is a great example of this. If we look at Jesus, we have God coming down in this child. It changes everything. It changes humanity. But there was a lot of loss revolved around that as well. When you think about the people that he came to, they had this particular idea of relating to God before Jesus came. They related to God in terms of the prophets or in terms of the priests, in terms of the temple that they had built, in terms of the law that they were given. That's how they related to God. And more specifically, just before God came, they related to God in silence because it was like 400 years before they had heard, since they'd heard from him. And then all of a sudden, God comes. Jesus comes, this baby, and changes and although there was loss there, there was also hope because now we can be reconciled with God. Now we can have that relationship that we were supposed to have from the beginning. Now we can have this real intimate relationship with the living God of the universe. Another idea that we have is, um, I know in our Bayview Glen community, um, there's a lot of people, a few people here who've actually changed kind of their life status. They've passed away. And we look at that and that's a change for us 
and we have this loss because they're no longer present in our lives. But we also know that there's a hope because we know where they are. We know that they're with the Father right now. So as we're thinking about this, I'm thinking about this passage uh, that I love related to Christmas. And if you have your Bibles, you can look up uh, as Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Um, if you're new here, we have free Wi-Fi, so you can pull out your tablet or your phone and you can look at it. Uh, we also have Bibles that are in the seat back in front of you. You can take a look at that. And so this is one of these uh, great passages that talk about this Christmas idea. And even as we're looking at that video that talk about baby Jesus and who he became, this passage, I think, gives us a lot of insight into that and also the hope that we can have moving forward. So, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. This child Jesus changed the world. And this passage talks about the hope that we can have in him. And what I want to focus on for the next time is those four titles that they give. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We have these four descriptions. We have these four titles of who God is. And that is who this baby Jesus, who we celebrated last week, becomes and is becoming. And so uh, what I want to do is take a, a, a moment. And as we look towards, we acknowledge the change that we're in, the loss that we have. For 2018, how can we find hope in one of these four characteristics of God? So first up, we have Wonderful Counselor. Now, this phrase, wonderful, that they use for counsel, uh, it kind of has this out-of-this-world idea. It's like supernatural. It's like inhuman. It's above human reason. And that's why it's so wonderful. It's full of this wonder that is outside of our realm of being. And um, I'm not sure about you, but because of my role here, I'm involved with a lot of counseling. I do some counseling um, as a pastor here, but I've also been a part of some uh, counseling. And my favorite counselor that I had is one that I actually didn't like in the beginning. Right? And I was going then because I was dealing with some change in my life and looking for hope. And she had this thing where she would tell me this stuff that just didn't make any sense. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. But in the end, she was right. And in the end, it helped to produce hope. And that's who we have. We have this Jesus who's this wonderful counselor who has this knowledge beyond our understanding that he wants to give to us to help us to find hope. A great example of this is Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, he says this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. There is a counselor in Jesus who wants to give you rest. He wants to give you rest for your soul. And in my involvement with counseling, I realized that a lot of counseling is surrounded by the issues of stress and anxiety. And so for 2018, do you need to go to that wonderful counselor who wants to give you that out-of-this-world knowledge to give you rest for your soul? Next up, we have Mighty God. Now, this idea of mighty God we have, if we look in Genesis, we have this amazing God who is so powerful. He created uh, humans and and vegetables and plants and stuff and the whole world and the whole universe, but yet he's powerful enough to insert himself into human history. 
And a lot of times, we have this idea where we put our characteristics on who God is. And we kind of look at him in our image instead of the other way around. And that can cause some problems for us. Sometimes it creates this theology or this philosophy of God, and it leads us to this idea of some people, it's atheism. It's like, if I am God and God's the same as me, who needs God because I have me? Right? Or agnosticism where it's like, yeah, there might be this God out there, but I'm not really to label him or kind of give any title to him. Sometimes it's just a matter of we just think it's all the same. And so we take this God from here and that God from this faith religion and we put them all together in a corner and we just kind of go visit it when we need it. But what about if that's the case, you need an experience, an interaction with the mighty God, the God who created everything, the God who shook the heavens and earth, And then also, not only is he mighty in what he can do, but he's also mighty in his love for you. And that's, again, represented in the Christmas story. If that's your place, do you need an encounter with the mighty God, so powerful that he created everything, but so powerful in his expression of his love for you? Then we have everlasting father, and I think this is my favorite of the four. And this phrase, everlasting father, there's two parts of it. Uh, the word that they translate everlasting can actually mean eternal, so it's kind of like father of eternity. And we think of eternity, we're like, yeah, there's this father uh, that is always will be with us. But when you think in an internal time frame, it actually means that he also was always with us from the beginning. And for me, that's a huge comfort. Specifically, when we look back on the past, we can say, yeah, God was always with me. And my hope can come in the future knowing that he always will be with me. The second part of that is this idea of father. And a lot of times in the scriptures, the father is more like a political term. It means like father of nations, kind of like an Abraham type of deal. But here, this word father closely relates to what we think of father. You know, when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he says, pray Abba, Father. This is the same thing that we're talking about here. And the two important things about this idea of father is that it's a father who provides And it's a father who protects. And for me, this is great because I grew up uh, in my life, I didn't actually have a a father in my life. I had a bunch of men who kind of came in and out during periods of time, but there was no consistency. And for me, I grew up and I understood this idea from a small age that there is a heavenly father out there who wants to provide, who wants to protect, not only in the future, but also in the past. This passage is always is also um, special for me and my family because uh, this coming year, our family is actually going to grow and we're going to be having a new addition to our home. And so I'm going to be a father for the third time. Yes. And it's exciting and it's meaningful for me because I get to be that father for this child and I also get to teach them about their eternal father. So as you look to 2018 as you acknowledge the change that you have in your life and the loss, when you look forward, does your hope need to come from this Jesus, this eternal Father who wants to protect and provide for you, who has been faithful in the past and promises to be faithful again to you in the future? Lastly, we have this idea of Prince of Peace. And the Hebrew word that they use for peace here is shalom. And often it's used as a greeting. So why don't you turn to your neighbor and greet them with a shalom? Yeah, that feels good, right? And when we think about shalom, we think about this idea of calm or tranquility. How many kids here would love to have some calm and tranquility with your brothers and sisters this next year? How many parents would love their kids to have some calm and tranquility this coming year? Amen? 
And so we think about this idea of shalom or peace for ourselves and for groups of people. But there's also a deeper meaning to it. The deeper meaning is this shalom that talks about spiritual harmony. And that spiritual harmony is something that we can only find in Christ. Uh, It's best expressed in this uh, passage in Philippians chapter 4 where it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Again, as we reflect on the past and look forward to the future, for 2018, do you need to go to God and tell him what you need? Do you need to go to God and thank him for what he's already done? That's the beginning, and that's the first part of it, and that's important for us to have peace. But the key here is in Christ. If you want to have that peace, you have to have it from him. If you go to him, you can have that peace that not only guards your heart and your will and your spirit, but can also have that peace that guards your mind and your emotion. In 2018, does your hope come from this Prince of Peace? At this point, I'm going to invite the choir to come back up here. Um, I'm excited because we get to dance our way into 2018. I'm excited about that. Um, And as they come, um, I just want to mention a couple things here. That, That mug that I'm talking about actually is a real thing. I didn't just make it up. And so this is the Flourish mug that I got from Starbucks. And for me, I just keep it as a kind of a reminder, as a prop for me looking into this, this next year. Uh, I think that God wants me to flourish in him. And for me, that comes from this passage in Psalm chapter 1 where it says, uh, they delight in the law of the Lord and they meditate on it day and night. And they're like trees planted by streams of water that bear fruit in season and that leaves never wither. And so that's where our family's kind of focus is on going to be for this new year. For you, I want to leave you with another passage. As again, we take an honest look at the change that's happened in our life. We acknowledge the loss and we look forward to the hope that we have. And that passage comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a well-known passage, and it says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He causes everything to work together. He causes the change in your life to work together. He causes the hardships in your life to work together. He causes the losses that you've experienced to work together. But the key there, once again, is if you're called according to his purpose, if you are in him. So my hope and my prayer for you today We have a couple hours left before we get to New Year's Eve. But my hope for you is that you would, again, take a look at the change that happened in your life, acknowledge the loss, but look to Jesus, who wants to be our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, and your Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you saw fit in your might to come down and live among us, first as a child, as a baby, and then as an adult. That's how much you loved us. I'm so grateful that you didn't just stay a baby, but that you became these things, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as we take a look on our lives, the triumphs and the tragedies of this past year, and as we look forward to the hope and the vision that you have for us for the future, we just want to pray and come in and step into you and pray that you would be our God. 
We pray that you would be that wonderful counselor who wants to give us that knowledge that helps us to give us rest. We want to pray that you would be that mighty God that shows the truth of who you are and how much you love us. And we want to pray that you'd be that everlasting Father who always was with us and always will be with us, providing and protecting when we need it. We want to pray that you would be that Prince of Peace, giving us peace in ourselves, in our relationships, but most importantly, peace in our relationship with you. We thank you, Father, and we look forward to the amazing hope that you give us in this coming year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.